here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. Hey there, thanks for joining us. Welcome into the show, our week 16 edition for the regular season. That means it is Christmas weekend. Are you ready, Marcus? I saw you tweeting about you know, trying to get out there and finish your Christmas shopping. Are you ready for a lot of Christmas, a lot of family, a lot of football this weekend? I will say having the, the Raiders game move from Saturday to Monday was such a blessing because it gave me an extra Saturday to get all the shopping done. So I, I'm very, very thankful that the NFL thought about my Christmas shopping schedule before they moved that game. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that that worked out for you. I know some people affiliated with the Raiders uh, weren't so happy about the game getting postponed, but we will we will get into that later in the show. But let's just jump right into it, right? The Raiders had a tough time in Cleveland, but they rallied for a season-saving win. Marcus, uh, were you impressed with that win, right? I know a lot of people are kind of down on this win by the Raiders now, probably because half the Browns were on the COVID reserve list. Guys like Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry were not cleared for this one. So I, I could see why people may not be impressed with the Raiders. But how about you? Are you impressed that the Raiders were able to pull this one out late on the road? I don't know if impressed is the right word because <laughs> Derek Carr did throw an interception under three minutes left that probably should have ended this game yes. if the Browns were just a little bit more competent on offense. Uh, but yeah, you'll take it. Road wins in the NFL are hard, and you never want to apologize for not having style points or anything like that because look at the Cardinals this week. Do you think the Cardinals would have loved to have a, uh, a an ugly road win? Of course they would. You've got to be kidding uh, me. The Lions? Yeah, You've got to be kidding yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's why you never apologize for winning games. It, it saved their season, and we'll see if the Raiders can do anything with it over the final five, three weeks. We, we can't forget that the Raiders, they were without Darren Waller. They were without Trayvon Mullen. They were without Nate Hobbs, right? So it's not like mm-hmm. they had their full complement of weapons either. No Denzel Perryman, Pro yeah. Bowl linebacker. Yeah, Perryman is, yep. as well, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, but yeah, impressed. We're probably not impressed. It was ugly. It was very ugly. But that's the AFC. That's, that's what <laughs> this is, right? Everything's ugly. And, you know, the Raiders, their playoff chances aren't great, but they've improved. And you can't write anybody off in this league, right? Even... Even the Broncos, who were playing this weekend, you can't write anybody mm-hmm. off. They're still alive because, Marcus, if the Browns would have pulled that thing off, and I was talking about this with my wife because she's a Browns fan. She's from Ohio, yep. and we're watching that game at the end, and I'm like, Katie, do you know that if the Browns were to just – if they just hold on, they're the four seed. They jumped to, yeah. from 12 to four. That's yep. how ridiculous this playoff race is, right, Marcus? You could go from 12 to four. It came down to one drive by Vegas at the end, right? And they were three yards away from running out the clock anyway. It was that close to the Browns being the four seed. Can you believe that? And to do it for the Raiders side, if the Raiders would have lost that, that game, they would have held the eighth pick in the draft. And now they, they won their only game out of the, the wild card. And they could potentially be going to, you know, Pittsburgh in round one or something like that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, man, it's a crazy season. It's, it's wild. Uh, and, you know, see, watching the Raiders' reaction – they're in it. They're trying to. They're trying to win these games. They're trying to make the playoffs, and and that's great. But you know, my question for you, Marcus, is: Does this resemble a playoff team to you? Right. I mean, first of all, Hunter Renfro. He can catch everything except for a punt. Right. I mean, anything, anything thrown his way, yeah. he can catch. But anything kicked his way, it's he's having trouble with. Um, all kinds of bad penalties. Right. They had seven for sixty-four mm-hmm. yards, including a holding call on the last drive that almost blew it up. 
And again, the turnovers, you mentioned the interception by by Derek Carr. And, and that's one thing we can get into, too. Like Carr made some curious decisions to go deep down the field instead of just going yep. with an underneath safe throw, right? It, it seemed like even on that interception with, what was it, three and a half minutes ago, he could have just played mm-hmm. it safe and gone with a, an underneath route. Instead, he puts the ball in harm's way. So you've got these turnovers and these penalties and, and special teams kind of looking shaky. Do the Raiders resemble a playoff team to you right now Like as they push towards it? My gut answer is no. But then you think about the rest of the teams in the AFC other than the Chiefs. And, man, you can point to some ugly losses by everybody else, right? Like uh, the, the, the Steelers tied the Lions and they lost to the Vikings. And then you look at, you know, Buffalo and what they've done. They lost to Jacksonville this year. So crazy. I, 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 don't, I don't think the Raiders are a playoff team. But, listen, the final three games for the Raiders aren't all that difficult. I guess it's possible, Ryan. <laughs> Crazier things have happened. Yeah, the more I think about this, the more credit I want to give them. Like, yeah, I, the game was ugly. And, uh, you know, it, I mean, losing to uh, Mullins, that would have hurt. But at yep. the end of the game, it's third and three. The Browns are going to hand it to Nick Chubb. And you got to stop him. And that's a tough spot, right? The Raiders have, you know, they had to stand up to Nick Chubb. That's not an easy guy to take down. He's one of my favorite running backs in the whole league, the way he mm-hmm. can just get it through a hole. They stopped him, right? They forced the And then that final drive by Derek Carr, I mean, that was a great drive. They, they got it down there, and they faced some adversity, and they got it done. So you got to give them some credit for that. Yeah, I mean, not only that is like, let's just back up. Let's go to that third down play. Please. Denzel Perryman, your leading tackler out of the game, uh, wasn't playing in this one. Jonathan Abram, who had a heck of a first half out of the game. You're relying on Divine Diablo, a converted safety in his like third game of the season. He comes up and makes the play of the game to, to blow up the fullback and basically stop Nick Chubb. And then on the on the last drive of the game, you get it you hit a big pass to Zay Jones that puts you at like twenty five yard line. And it's a holding call, and it's on Colton Miller, and it's like, oh, that's yeah. that's the game, right? I thought it was over. I thought it was over. Yeah, you typically don't come back from that. I think it was second and twenty. There's like 19 seconds left in the clock. What does Carr do? He hits Foster Moreau, who not only gains, I think, like 15 yards, but also gets out of bounds. And then they they hit Zay Jones on another pass. They just made the plays in this game to win it, and it's uh, it was really cool to see. And then Carlson uh, came through in a in a in a tough spot, a lot of pressure on him, and he and he kicks the ball, and the Raiders have that reaction, and yeah, it was it was a good you know ugly but a good win for Vegas, and we'll keep talking about it. There was one thing that the Browns did on defense that I wanted to get Marcus's take on. We'll do that in our questions of the week right after this. This is the typical sports book fantasy minute. Let's make this interesting. interesting. Welcome to week 16 of the fantasy football season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com. Let's go through some strong plays to help get you into the championship round. Quarterback Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengals versus Baltimore Raven. The last time these teams met was in week 7 in Baltimore, and Burrow exploded for 416 yards and a trio of touchdown strikes. However, he's coming off his worst showing in more than a month, and it's understandable gamers are a little bit nervous. He has a get-right game against a Ravens secondary that has been hampered by injuries and is even weaker than it was the last time they met. Look for another huge showing from the 2020 number one overall pick. Running back James Robinson, Jacksonville Jaguars at New York Jets. Another highly talented player who's been a little bit shaky over recent weeks. Robinson has a matchup that is elite. The Jaguars are committed to Robinson now that Urban Meyer isn't in the picture, and it should only get better in Week 16. Running backs have averaged the third most yards on the ground against this defense in 2021, and no team has given up more than 16 rushing touchdowns behind the 23 allowed by the Jets. 
there's a huge opportunity for a late-season surge from the second year back. Green Bay Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard versus Cleveland Browns. In Week 14, it was Lazard who functioned as the number two target for Aaron Rodgers. Last Sunday, it was Marquez Valdez-Scantling, leaving the former Cyclone to finish the day with 23 yards on two catches. He should have had a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but Rodgers overshot him. On Christmas, Lazard might be in position to deliver a big game with MVS on the COVID list, although a speedy teammate could clear the protocol, so keep tabs on the situation. Lazard is an interesting risk-reward option thanks to the consistent double teams on Devontae Adams, just as long as Marquez Valdez-Scantling isn't in the picture. Noah Fant, tight end, Denver Broncos at Las Vegas Raiders. Drew Locke is likely to start for the injured Teddy Bridgewater. The Broncos really can't get much worse in the passing game, but we like Fant to finish in the top five among his positional mates. Fant has posted 50-plus yards in consecutive games, and he has at least four catches and 50-plus yards in three of the last five. He hasn't scored since week six, but that came against this matchup. Play Fant if you don't have a clear option for more points, but the matchup is among the best of the week. Best of luck getting to the championship round, and have a Merry Christmas. For award-winning tips, news, information, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's USA today bet.com slash podcast ttypico.com for terms and conditions 21 plus only gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado All right, this part of the show is our questions of the week a lightning round for Marcus he's not prepped on these questions and Marcus (laughs) my first question for you is that teams continue to blitz Derek Carr and get burned right this keeps happening all the time the Browns did it throughout that final drive that the Raiders had they kept blitzing Carr and uh, his stats in this game against the Blitz were excellent. 8 for 10, 88 yards, and the touchdown. So the, the question is simple. When are teams going to learn not to Blitz Carr in these big situations? I, I, don't, I don't get it, Ryan. All the Browns needed to do in that situation was drop four, or rush four, drop your other seven guys, and just make tackles and bounds. Instead, they Blitz Carr. They allowed him to get the ball to the receivers and get out of bounds and get first downs, and it gave him a shot to, to make the field goal at the end. I I don't get it. I don't know if these teams aren't doing any film study ahead of time. If they're seeing something on tape where, you know, hey, this offensive line doesn't pick up blitzes very well or whatever it is. But Derek Carr continues to make teams pay, especially in the, at the end of these games in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And, and you know what? Credit to the Raiders for this as well. You feel like as a defense, maybe we can get pressure on Carr and take away Renfro and they're screwed. But the Raiders found other ways, right? Moreau, mm-hmm. Zay Jones. They found ways to get it done. It wasn't all Renfro. Actually, Renfro didn't do much in this game. It wasn't no, like Renfro was, caught 10 balls. Yeah, yeah. so no, good they, for the Raiders. They there. held him in check, and Brian Edwards caught the first touchdown of the game, uh, which is huge, right? Like, to go on the first drive of the game, go get seven points and and put the Browns in a you know negative game script. That was a, that was a huge catch by, by Brian Edwards. No doubt. Okay, question number two. Mark Davis, the team owner, felt that the Raiders, Marcus, were put at a competitive disadvantage with the game getting moved from Saturday to Monday. You were happy you got your Christmas shopping done. Mark Davis was pissed. He actually felt the COVID-ravaged Browns should have had to fly to Vegas uh, to even out that competitive disadvantage. So do you agree or disagree with the owner that the Raiders got screwed this week? Come on. It's ridiculous, right? The, The Browns were without their two quarterbacks and their whole offensive line. The Raiders were fine. All, they got a couple extra days to, to watch film. They actually got a head start on their Broncos prep, from what I heard. They had some coaches 
uh, on Monday, start working on uh, game stuff for next week, they're fine. Mark Davis, he can get over himself. He, this is not a big deal. No, you had a competitive advantage, Mark Davis, not a disadvantage. Correct. You had a competitive Correct. advantage over the Browns who were missing half the team, including their quarterback and head coach, right? So, well, yes. And then on top of that, like playing on a short week and playing on Saturday is a disadvantage for the Raiders. Getting two extra days to not have to worry about the travel stuff, to get ready to prep for the Browns, that's a big advantage. Uh, uh, you know, Now it becomes a long week for you. I, I don't get it. Okay, question number three. You mentioned Denzel Perriman made the Pro Bowl roster, also defensive end Max Crosby, and the punter, A.J. Cole. Are you good with that list? Any snubs in Las Vegas, or are you, are you feeling good about that? Yeah, I feel really good. I, I will mention A.J. Cole. He's actually having the best punting season in NFL history. No punters average more yards per punt ever than him, unless you go back to 1940, which was Sammy Bob. But that's that? it's a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I, I'm good with it. The only one that I would say deserves to make the list that didn't uh, it's Casey Hayward, the cornerback. It's been incredible this year. But other than that, no, I think I think the voters got it right. And you look at a guy like Max Crosby. I mean, I think his breakout season, easily one of the best storylines in the season across the whole yeah. league. Right, Marcus? I, I think so. And I'm, I'm really glad that the voters and the coaches, they didn't just look at a sack total and kind of dismiss him because I believe he only has like five or six sacks this year. But if you watch him on any Sunday, he's just absolutely dominant completely changing the game. And, you know, even last night, you know, on, on Monday night, they had the Browns had to completely adjust their offense because of what Max Crosby was doing on the edge. So, uh, yeah, he absolutely deserves it. Yeah, he's a pressure machine. Yep. Okay, so that wraps up our uh, questions of the week. And now we can get into this matchup against the Broncos. And I'm having a hard time figuring out what to do with, uh, with this game from a betting standpoint. But I have Marcus to help me out. And we're going to do that right after this. This is the typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. What's up? This is Jeff Clark from the Bet Slippin' Podcast presented by SportsbookWire.com. I'm here with my homie Nathan Beagle to break down this week's Sunday night football game between the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys. Our friends at Typico Sportsbook have the Dallas Cowboys favored 9.5 points and the total sitting at 47.5. I'm on the under 47.5 here. This is a pros versus Joes game as more money has been on the under, but more bets have been placed on the over. Typically in sports betting, it's wise to follow the money, especially when it's counter to the public. Also, Cowboys offense has regressed. They've hit the under in seven of the last eight games, and Washington's offense just isn't that good. They've hit under in seven of the last nine games. Nate, how are you betting this Washington-Dallas game? I'm rolling with Dallas by 10 or more. Washington is still banged up, has players on the COVID list, and has the league's second-worst third-down conversion rate for opponents. With Dallas tied at 11-3 and for the best covering teams in the league, I'd rather bet against them than for them. Also, they started up 24-0 in these two teams' first matchup. Give me Dallas by 10. That was your typical Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Marcus, the Raiders are favorites in this ballgame. One-and-a-half-point favorites over the Broncos at home in Vegas. Now, this is a team they they knocked off earlier in the year, but mm-hmm. should the Raiders be favorites? Do you do you feel like the the Raiders should be favorites against this Broncos team, which which is coming into Vegas desperate, just like Vegas is, and with Drew Locke, I think, at quarterback? 
Yes, because Drew Locke should be favored <laughs> over no team in the NFL. It's really it's as simple as it is, right? Yeah, like yeah. Drew Locke is just he's not good. And we saw him last year against the Raiders uh, late in the season. He had four turnovers in that game. Uh, and that was against a absolutely awful Las Vegas defense. So uh, I, while I don't expect this to be a super high scoring game, we can get into the total in a second. Yes. Yeah, I do kind of think the Raiders should be favored at home. And it's a huge game for both teams because the loser probably eliminated for the playoffs. You're not going to win. You're not going to get a wild card spot at nine and eight. There's just too many teams that already have eight wins. Uh, there's a couple teams that already have nine wins that would be in that spot. So if you, if you lose or out, if you win for the Raiders case, their playoff odds would actually triple, which means you know, you're actually sitting in a pretty good spot going into the final two weeks of the season. Uh, it's obviously a huge, huge game for both teams. Big game, and the Broncos have really stepped up on defense. Now, when they mm-hmm. traded Von Miller for draft picks, a lot of people thought that they were giving up on the season, myself included. I did not see them kind of taking a stand and staying in the mix, but they have, and their defense has been great. And they really shut down the Bengals last weekend. I mean, they did. Yeah. The problem oh, is... They were beating the Bengals. They were beating the Bengals until Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then Drew Locke came in and tried to run a, yep. a quarterback option that blew up in yep. his face. Uh, yeah, at the nine-yard line. Oh, my God. So that, that's the problem with the Broncos, right? They have Vic Fangio's their head coach. He's this, he's this really good defensive coordinator. That's what, I just mm-hmm. don't think he's a good head coach. And their special teams is, a, is kind of a disaster. And their offense is super conservative and kind of Drew Locke's a wild card, as you said. But their defense mm-hmm. is really, really good. So what do you think about that matchup with Vegas versus the Broncos? Do you think Vegas, if Waller's still not ready to go, are they multiple enough to to move the football consistently against this Broncos defense, which is really shutting down everybody right now? They are. The defense has been really good. It just, for me, this one comes down to which team can get to 17 points. And I know that seems really low, <laughs> but that's probably what this game is going to be, right? Like, So I have to think, which team is more likely to score 17 points? Well, the Raiders have an awesome kicker in Daniel Carlson, where they're basically, when they get across the 45-yard line, they're in field goal range. They're pretty. The Raiders are pretty good on the first drive of the game. They can normally go down and get some points. And the defense is, I think, they've got enough pressure players that they can harass Drew Locke. So I could see the Raiders winning a 17-14 to 14 type of game here. Even if the offense really, really struggles all day, I think they can do enough to get to 16, 17 points. Another interesting stat that I looked up in this one is that the Raiders – now, they're like bottom five in the league at takeaways, right? They haven't been taking the mm-hmm. ball away as much as we probably would have would have hoped for. So will they be able to capitalize on these balls that Drew Locke's going to throw to them, right? Because he's going to misfire. And he's going to have the ball out there for a strip sack. So can they get home and can they pick the ball off? I think turnovers could really come into play. We're dealing with Drew Locke here. This guy t- is good for a turnover to a game, Marcus. But the Raiders got to take it from him. Right, so we got to see that thing. That's exactly it. And you know, Drew Locke. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. Will he be able to create enough plays in the passing game? I kind of don't think so. Right. So, to me, honestly, it comes back to which team do you think can score seventeen to twenty points. And I don't know about you, Ryan, but I actually feel better about the Raiders in this one than I do Denver. Okay, so the I can see where you're you're trending here with the total. It's at forty one mm-hmm. and a half. It felt oh awfully gosh. low to me. It felt low at first. <laughs> Because I'm like I'm thinking I'm thinking this is the Raiders. They have a really good offense, one of the best passing games in the league. These teams combined for 58 points earlier in the week. I'm like, come on, Marcus, this is a low line. But you're under. I could I can already tell you're way under this line. Oh, oh yeah. The the Raiders have really struggled on offense, other than the Cowboy game, which was aided by Sean Hockley deciding to become the uh, the main event there. 
Uh, yes. No, I just, it's, it's, it's an offense that hasn't scored over 16 points in the last six games. So they're going to keep the score down. They're going to try to play ball control style of offense. I just I don't see either team scoring in the mid twenties, and that's what you're going to need for the over to hit. I just don't see that happening at all. All right, so another 16, 14, 17, 14 kind of game. 17, 15, something like we saw against Washington a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, something, something like that. Something ugly. All right, I'm here for it. It's it's December football, baby. Let's get ugly. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, hey, Marcus, I hope you and the family have a great Christmas and a great holiday weekend, my man. Thanks, Ryan. You too. Yeah, same to all the listeners. Don't forget to hit subscribe for us. We appreciate you all. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you next time. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.